club foot and pisses all over him. So yeah. it's just messy. We all know what Messi can do. A lot of flair, a lot of skill. People might forget the names, but the street certainly won't. Hoya da, my people. What's going on? I'm with Jack. How you doing, mate? All right. Do you speak, uh, is that Afrikaans? It, mate, spot on, spot on. I think you speak fluent in it. Ask me anything, go on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know the answer. Just, just ask me anything, go on. Uh, how do you say hello? I'm not going to tell you. Shut your mouth. <laughs> how you been anyway, mate? You're all right. All right, yeah. yeah. You all right? Yeah, all right. So, do you think I'm giving it away like I normally do? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be honest, if you're looking at the uh, maybe the image or the title of this podcast, that even may give it away as well. Perhaps. So what are we doing, Jack? Today, we are ranking the 10 best African players to grace the Premier League. Lovely jubbly. Right. What we've done uh, prior to the podcast is we've discussed already, I know it's not a usual format, but we've discussed already our top 10 because... We were originally going to do, I think it was top 15 to 20, weren't we, Jack? Yeah, we, we had this in the pipeline for a little bit, actually, this one. So, yeah, I mean, to, to open up the curtain, I did have a couple of changes from, it was back in like May or something like that when we were going to do this. So, certain players' form has meant they have moved up or down the list. But, yeah, we had we had this prep for a while. This was always going to come out at some point. Yeah, and uh, when an African player comes to the Prem, they make it known, I'll tell you that, because... Um, there are some names on this this list. But, um, right, should we start off with a few that didn't make the top 10? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to start off with Wilfred Saha. People may think, oh, he's English, but he changed alliances, didn't he? And he, I think it's the Ivory Coast, isn't it? Or the Ivory Yeah, I mean, he was. He did. He came over here when he was about, I think, eight or nine or something. Obviously, we both played against him uh, in high school a number of times. But, yeah, I think he was born in Ivory Coast and stuff, so... But yeah, he played for England, didn't he, that one time in a friendly. Yeah. And let's be honest, he's a he's a talented player. Um he's got bags of ability. Um but for me, the names that we've got in our top ten, he just hasn't reached those levels. Um I think he went to Man United too early for me. Um and then yeah, I think he's a legend for Palace. He's a he's a massive legend for Palace, but if we're talking Premier League, I don't think he's made it just yet. He's still got a few few years. He can do something, but um he hasn't made it just yet. So who have you got? Yeah, one of my favourite strikers from back in the day, Yakubu. Feed the yak and he will score. I think he might be the, the top scoring African player, or he, or he was the top scoring African player at some point. And yeah, I just love some of his strike partnerships that he managed to build up as well over the years with various guys. But yeah, he was an unbelievable goal scorer, really. For someone that was never playing in the best teams, he used to bag sort of 15 goals a season, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good shout. I had, I've I've got another um one which may not go down well with you. Um, I've got two actually, two strikers. One at Bonnehor, up uh, at Bonnehor, Um Oh yes, clearly not an Arsenal favourite. He went on to Real Madrid, didn't he? Um, yeah, strange how his career's ended up. I think he played against. I think he might have been playing against Man United last season for that Turkish side that beat them. Possibly, I know Denver Bar was in that side as well. But they had a few, a few sort of prem. I wouldn't call them rejects, but ex-prem players in there. But yeah, he was a very talented player. Yeah. But he had, um, he had some baggage with him. But I would say yeah. I think we've already we will get mentioned and um, you know Chelsea and Arsenal are like the pioneers. You know. 
the ones I think the two teams that really have brought through or scouted or you know put faith in African players mm. and I'm going to say one well, next two one was already established 100% Samuetu um, he had that spell at Chelsea under Jose um, I think he was a quality player I hated him when he was at uh, Barcelona but when he came to Chelsea brilliant player uh, Babiaro one for the history book reliable Mr. Bab- Babiaro um, and another one for Chelsea Solomon Kalou Champions League winner I think he actually started in that Champions League final as well mm, yeah yeah there's been there's been a lot I mean for, for us there's going to be plenty on the list but one that again that I was particularly fond of was Canu he was so skillful and it's, it's mad that he was fourth choice striker at Arsenal back in the day because he could start for most Premier League sides and you kind of play in second fiddle to, to Omri Burkamp and we were taught to an extent but he was such a legend he was went down as a legend at Portsmouth as well after and the first African player in Premier League uh, Peter and Love who played mainly for Coventry but a couple of other uh, sides from the Midlands after that as well but yeah I think he even played in the first Premier League season but that was a little bit of an anomaly because it was mainly Arsenal, Chelsea, you say, and I think Leeds had not loads, but the ones that they did have were pretty like as well. Yeah, 100%. There was a South African keeper. What was his name? He was quite good as well. Um, did he play for Liverpool? Uh, Bruce Gobelar. He was um, Zimbabwe. Yeah, that was it. It must that, have been. That might be who you're thinking of, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's obviously famous for that, the, just the way he is as a as a player, isn't he? Um, yeah. No, some people may put him in, but... um. All right, let's crack on with our number 10 then. So we've gone with John Obi Mikel or Obi Mikel or however he arranges his name. Is it Mikel John Obi, John Obi Mikel? Who knows? Um, listen, some people may be very, very, very angry at this one because I know some Chelsea fans hated him. Um, and there was a point where I was thinking, what is the point of this guy? Like, why is he on the pitch? Um, but as, as you, well, personally, as I started to grow and learn a lot more about football and people's roles and positions, you realise how vital this player is. Um, he, not how like Carrick was for Man United, kind of went underrated in that position. Yeah. Well, well, well Mikel is like this for Chelsea. Um, he held it together. He got that ball and he would take it on a half turn and all he all he do is just pass it sideways, you know, link up that defence with the midfield and midfield with, and then move the ball forward or, you know, make sure that it's safe to, you know, just slow the game down. And that goes so un- underrated. And Mikel did it so perfect. At a time, I used to get so frustrated because when you're watching teams on the Carlo Ancelotti and you had the likes of, I don't know, you had so many good players. Like, so you had like Mal- Maluda, you had players at Willian at the time. You know, people would just bomb forward. You used to get frustrated that he wasn't going to go play a 40-yard pass in into the box or whatnot. But Mikel knew when to make the right pass and knew when to slow the game down. Um, so he's a hidden gem in the Premier League, and I think he did it for quite a while. I can't, I don't know how long. I don't know whether you know how long Mikel was in the Premier League for. It seemed like a while. I know, I know yeah, he was. I think he's well up there in terms of like African players by appearances. Yeah, I mean, he was. It seemed like he was around for a while. Um, I know. If, I don't know whether he's still there now, but last year he was playing for Middlesbrough in the Championship, which I found a bit odd. Oh right. Um, 
Oh, that might be because um, I want to say Tony Pulis was manager of them at some point. I think he also played for Stoke. I, I don't know if that was before or after Tony Pulis was there, but it, it might be some sort of connection. But yeah, wasn't wasn't he an attacking midfielder as well when he signed for you? I mean, I know it's pretty much his first first club, so that kind of shaped his his whole career really because you signed him as a youngster. But I seem to remember him being an attacking mid, and even for Nigeria, he did play a little bit further forward. But obviously for Chelsea, he just did a job, which is kind of credit to the fact that he's a team player. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure on that. Um, I don't know for sure, but it does ring a bell. He played for this team called Lin. Lin? Um, yeah, they're like Norwegian, aren't they? Yeah. And he came from this, well, he, he was one of those players in the era where it's commercial, commercial like, um, and you know, like Nike and whatnot, started getting involved in football and started to... You know, make academies and stuff. So you know, like nowadays, you've got like Pro Direct Select academies and Nike academies yeah. that actually produce players. So this is he was probably around when this first started, really. And um, when he was twelve, he got picked by um, Pepsi. Remember Pepsi? I don't know. Is Pepsi still around? Pepsi. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I- do you mean busy. from like football? They're still doing football stuff. No, no, not just uh, that. Just drinking it. Like, oh, they must, they must have been. They're doing that. But anyway, he, um, he got scouted for like the Pepsi Football Academy, and then he moved on to like this place called Plateau United, and um, a load of Nigerians have, have come from that that team. Um, I mean, scouted from from there. So it's one of those ones where he's kind of took an orthodox path into football, but then followed, you know, players that have gone on, especially Babiara. I mean. Been at Chelsea. I don't know how long he, how how long he was there, but he, he's followed in his foot, footsteps. And um, yeah, I mean, I think the big thing people who have seen Mikel and know about Mikel is probably if you if you wasn't a Chelsea fan, you probably wouldn't rate him as much um, as we did. And it's funny, like I said, we kind of I kind of rate him more after his, he finished his career at Chelsea because for a long time we had a gap in that kind of defensive midfield until Kante came along. Um, but yeah, when when he came. When he came, um, when he came, the the one thing that people will remember Mikel is for that transfer saga with Man United, um, which was I don't actually know what the, the issue was, but all I remember was him holding up or wearing a Man United top with Sir Alex yeah. and then later on he was in a Chelsea shirt. Do you, do you know? Do you know what the ins and outs of that? I just don't. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but. Yeah, so he had like a pre-agreement with United or something, and um, yeah, he he had signed. It was like an official contract, I think, because Chelsea ended up paying United a fair bit of compensation for that. I'd, I'd imagine they probably paid more to Man United in compensation than they actually did to that Lin, uh, who who had Mikel initially. But yeah, funny you mentioned funny you mentioned Carrick at the start because that must have been who United went for after they couldn't get Mikel. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, so yeah, it, it kind of worked out for both teams. I probably would have. I don't know between. Yeah, I don't know whether. Yeah, I, I still. Yeah, Mikel. Mikel is one of those players. Is kind of my might, but. He definitely is in the top ten for me. Um, but yeah, good player. And what can I say? Just um, lucky that we had him. Next up, then number nine. Colo, Colo, Colo. What's the What's the end of that song? Well, I don't want to give that away because uh, <laughs> he might yeah. be on the list as well. Colo, you probably know more about this guy. Yeah, Colo Torre. I mean, <laughs> the the best story about Colo Torre before he actually signed for us, he was on trial and he'd gone into a slide tackle on, I think it was Dennis Burkham, almost injured. And then he was sort of told to calm down and stuff. And then I think he went in on 
Henri after that. He's like almost injured Arsenal's two best players. And then he was, you know, he's told to calm down and stuff. And then he slide tackled Arsene Wenger, two-footed him. And Wenger liked his commitment so much that he signed him. And that is, that's the story of his sort of trial. But he was really, really athletic player. Um, just fast, strong. Wasn't the tallest. I mean, I to say wasn't the tallest. I've often said that to be a centre-back in the Premier League, you've got to be like six foot one or above. This guy was accepted to the rule. He was only about five foot ten, but he could handle himself clean. He was good in the air. He di- didn't look out of place. And yeah, I mean, he, he was part of the Invincibles. He sort of came out of nowhere, but signed as a defensive midfielder. And yeah, just clicked. He he managed to go to centre-back and he just didn't leave after their, their great partnership with Sol Campbell. And I think he might have been the first player one of the first players to win the Premier League with two different sides. And he almost did it a third time as well. He almost won it with Liverpool, but for that Steven Gerrard slip to Denver Bar. He's got some history there. Yeah, I can't believe we've got that into this podcast, but there it is. And yeah, he's also an invincible at two different sides because he he also was an invincible with Celtic as well. He's playing for some big clubs, isn't he? Yeah. Massive clubs. Um, I I never really, not not never really rated him. At the time when he was playing, I never really saw what the big hype was. But he clearly was a solid player because to be in those teams, you know, it was... It's a feat in itself, and especially the Arsenal team, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, he had some big boots to fill on that Arsenal team as well, didn't he? Mm. I think the, the difficulty Kylo had a little bit was he was never the main defender, the main centre-back. So it was Sol Campbell at Arsenal, and then it was Vincent Company at Man City, and then yeah, he was sort of only a semi-regular at Liverpool, but it would have been Jamie Carragher or Martin Skirtle, probably you'd say, were the main ones there as well. So that's that's probably his problem. But he could, yeah, he could just fit in with all different type of centre-backs, really. And, yeah, he's very versatile. I remember him playing right back a few times for Arsenal as well. And because of his, his sort of frame and, and his sort of speed and stuff, he could do a job out there as well. Yeah, and he's just a really likeable character as well. Good for the team morale. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's now... Am I, am I right? Is he now with Brendan Rodgers? Basically, in... wherever Brendan goes since the Liverpool days, yeah, Kyle Torres just followed him. So, is he now assistant manager or coach? Yeah, yeah, and I think he was. Think he was also on the staff at Celtic, possibly, because yeah. he, yeah, he's just followed Brendan Rodgers wherever he's gone. So you never know. Maybe making his moves into management soon. Um, mm. Fair play. Right, number eight. Radabay. It's Radabay. I've got a little fact about him, but I don't know if to pull it out straight away. Oh, no, we'll wait a bit. So, who was Lucas Radebe? Well, from my recollection, this guy was... He seemed like he was around for ages. Um, and this was probably late 90s, early 2000s, am I right? He was uh, one of the first prominent African players, I would say. Yeah. Well, actually, we didn't mention another one from that team. Yeah, I hinted at it, yeah. Tony Yabar. Okay, yeah. Okay. So... Would you say Radebay was the, the... He clearly was the lead in that team. I think he was captain for a good while, wasn't he? He uh, was the captain on the glory days of when they got to the... What was it? The semi-finals of the Champions League and things like that. And yeah, if he done... He was a yeah. proper leader. He must have been captain of South Africa as well. Yeah, he's got to have been. And if you don't know who we're talking about, and you may be forgiven if you, um, if you don't know, we're talking about Leeds United. He was captain of Leeds United and... Um, to the semi-finals of the Champions League. Now, this guy, I think above all, 
I think his leadership is the main thing that stands out for me. And the, the fact that he would just go in for any, like a typical defender, you would. But you kind of, you know, when you've got like your Van Dykes, your John Terry's and whatnot, uh, Ferdinand's, they're kind of set apart by their mentality at the back to say, so to say like Harry Maguire. I know you can't, you have a thing, I know you like Harry Maguire to an extent, but would you agree when I say like his mentality is different to say your Van Dykes or John Terry? There's something different. There's a bit of a different edge about those those players compared to Harry Maguire. Yeah, yeah, sort of. A and I think kind of win at win at all costs kind of thing. And I think Radebe had that. Um, he had that in him, and I'm, maybe that's just because he's from that era, late nineties, early two thousands. But he had that in him. Um, so that's what I liked about him. Um, a clear, clear, clear leader. Um, and someone who just wouldn't take any shit, fucking went in for it. Yeah, I mean, look, without him, I, I don't think Rio Ferdinand would be be the footballer he turned out to be. Hundred percent. He 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 learned. He must have learned off him. Yeah, I mean, that, that they work quite well together actually, because Ferdinand's obviously that bit of a cliche, that Rolls Royce type of defender. Yeah. Very good on the ball and stuff, and, and Radebe is a sort of a hard nut, more going in for crunch and tackles, marshalling and defence and stuff like that. And I'm pretty yeah, sure. He's... Sorry, I'm talking about. It. I'm pretty sure that. Radebe rejected, or Leeds rejected a bid from Manchester United. Fergie wanted him. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise. So, yeah, you never know. That could have been the plan prior to Ferdinand. Who knows? But, yeah, go on, bring your fact out. Well, yeah, very famous band from Leeds, uh, the Kaiser Chiefs, named in honour of Lucas Radebe, because that was his club in South Africa. Really? Yeah. It's a very good fact. What a fact. I would never have known that. This is why you listen to this podcast. Um, yeah, no, quality player. Right. This one, he probably was my first player that I saw because obviously we're from England. Um, we watched the Prem growing up. We didn't have much access to, I suppose, the other leagues. Bar clips, you know, we couldn't watch full games all the time. This this player here was my first player who I was like, wow, like this this guy can do different things with a football. Just it was like a magician, little tricks and stuff. Bar bar John Franco Zola. This guy here was like unreal, and it, it summed it up when I think he did it against was it against Arsenal? Not to have a dig, yeah, but yeah. The butterfly kick over Martin Keown, yeah. I think. So the, the audacity to do that, Mr. JJ Okocha. So good to name him twice. <laughs> That's it, yeah. That's the one. Uh, Nigerian. Um, he must have made our streets. Don't forget. Yeah, uh, he did. Yeah, yeah. He even though they are too good to be yeah. in that that sort of category, but yeah, it's that kind of sort of player street ruler. Thing is, thing is, he played in such a good PSG side as well, isn't it? He like yeah. Ronaldinho and that team. It was, I think Pochettino was in that team as well. I'm not wrong. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, such a. It was odd that he was at Bolton Wanderers for starters. With Big Sam, yeah. Yeah, but at the time you wouldn't bat an eyelid because it was the Prem. Um, but still, JJ Kocha at Bolton wouldn't add up. It's like the equivalent of having I don't know who's who's really good now. Like I don't know Ferran Torres at bloody Burnley or some shit. Um, just doesn't add up. But yeah, this player he can. I think he can interchange. It was it was one of those ones who can play on the wings, so either side because because he was so good on the ball, right? Dribbling. So if you think of Ronaldinho, the way he dribbles the ball, flip flaps, uh, cross turns, whatever, step overs, just mad shit. Put it over your head. Whatever you can think of about this guy can do. Um, he can play on both wings because he he can do all that stuff. So it wouldn't matter that he he's not on the right side to put a ball in. He he'll he'll cut in, rincher get close to the goal and make goals that way. But also played in a cam position and people don't realise he's quite, he weren't that bad at setting goals up as well. I don't know if he had, I don't know his stats and assists and whatnot, but he was very good at creating. Whether, it, whether the other person 
got a goal or not, different story. But he was good at creating stuff out of nothing. And I think that's one thing that, um, you know, a play like that should be remembered for. Not just all these tricks, because that is clear that he's, he was unreal with that. But I think the creative side of him was pretty good as well. Yeah, and the free kicks as well. He, he, oh, shit, yeah. At the time, he would have been one of the best, I suppose, in the Prem, free kicks. Yep, yep. Used to hate, is it, JJ, is it JJB Stadium? Was it back then? I might be getting wrong. Was that Wigan? No, the, the Reebok. Reebok, that was it. I knew it was some shitty brand. <laughs> yeah, the Reebok Stadium. Used to hate going there because yeah. it was a bit of a, you know, if you was playing in midweek, you'd think, oh, shit, you're going to get rinsed. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll be... I mean, you couldn't have picked a worse sort of team slash manager style of play for him, have... for him but yeah, you still managed to do it. Yeah, it's a shame. If he did go to a, a bigger club, I don't... thing is, would you say he was ahead of his time in a sense about like, all the tricks that he was doing? So, like, like, like you just said, he didn't fit in that Bolton team, but then I couldn't, in the same same breath, I couldn't see him at an Arsenal because the way Arsenal played was very direct and. You wouldn't have that kind of player to kind of slow the game down, didn't he? he because of all that trick, trickery. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's ahead of his time because, like, maybe a little bit. But then you've got nowadays, it all seems to be direct very, again. Yeah, and, and like tactics, and it doesn't seem to be as many of these kind of free flowing no. as, as him. But there was a period, probably 2006 onwards. At... Yeah, it was like Charisma when he was coming yeah. bigger, and there was a few like that. When Ronaldo was in the in the prem and he was doing that stuff. Yeah, before he came a lot more of a, a goal scorer and things. Yeah, exactly that. So I think he could have fit in that era. Um, you know, any of the big clubs, but um, yeah, quality player. Right now we're getting to that weird weird stage where when when I put this guy in, I thought surely he can't be in because of how how recent this has been. But you got to put him in, it for the amount of trophies he's won, especially the first big trophy he won in the Premier mm. League. Um. Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, I, I actually had him higher when I first made, but it was so close to the guy, the guy that's just ahead of him. I just feel like he's, he's not done as much. But yeah, I mean, that Leicester season especially, he was brilliant. He was that little bit of... He's another one that's a little bit of a street footballer, put you on your ass and go past you with a dribble and stuff. It's, yeah. it's really weird that he's now playing for Pep Guardiola. Seems like the wrong, <laughs> wrong manager and the wrong team for him to have his ability because it's a very strange one. He's won a couple of Premier League, scored some really big goals, but I just feel like he's never he been could have done so much more if he's been somewhere else. Thing is, he's never been the prom. Well, he has been a prominent guy at Leicester but when you play on the Pep and I find it with every single Pep player almost because he changes it around so much you can't really say like you've unless you're Kevin De Bruyne but you can't really say you're the you've had a mess what well, you can but you're the main man in that team you've had the, such a big influence in that team do you know what I mean like yeah um I don't know like um yeah or De Bruyne De Bruyne is the main one I can think of what's that? I forget his name what's the centre-back that I had left Belgium um his mate, his name's made me. It's gone. Belgium centre. Man City. Company. That's it. Yeah, like he's the only other one. Maybe him and Guerrero, De Bruyne can say, yeah, I've I've stuck stuck in one position and I've won that team trophy. Whereas the rest of them, pretty interchangeable. Um, yes, they might have had a massive influence, like you said. Morris scored some major goals, but it's a shame that he hasn't like he he plays under a manager who doesn't keep the same team each week almost and. It will go. He, I don't know how City fans view him, but it just seems like if that was happening in my club, I don't know how you can build that relationship with that player. Do you know what I mean? It just seems like yeah. you can't be a club legend if you haven't played a certain amount of games for your club, full games. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm waffling, but it just does. It doesn't seem like he's 
consistently playing um, for City, and that's throughout his career. That's not just yeah recent times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit of a shame for him, really, because you can't really think he's going to go anywhere. I think he's probably quite happy to just play play the odd game every so often. I mean, look, he does get 20 games a season, but that's not enough for someone with his quality. And You know when these debates come up on Twitter about who's got the best touch? Yes. Yeah. Normally, like, Berbatov, Zidane. I always see Mahrez getting loads of shouts. Yeah, I've I've seen that. I can't vouch for it myself because I don't watch him enough, to be honest, in, in that that deeply. Um, but I I have seen that he thinks he's a, he's a flare, flary player. That's what Morris is. What I thought Ziyech would be, um, and Morris would rip it up if he went to someone in Syria. I don't know how he'd fare in. He'd probably fare well in the Barcelona team, actually. Um, yeah, I, I feel like he needs to make one more move. But in the Prem, he's got to be in. He's got to be in this list because of the fact that what he's achieved. Mainly for me, it's the Leicester year. Him and Kante were absolutely dominant and ripped it up. Him, Kante and Vardy, Vardy you couldn't get past them really, could you? They, they were just unreal. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, he's number six. Number five, so you said this guy was close. Yeah, number five is Sadio Mane. I just think, what, for the last... Basically, since he's joined Liverpool, he's, he's coming up to five years now. Well, I think it is five years. He's been top three or four winger in the league, really. And it's it's amazing how consistent he has been generally like he's hard working as well he's not just he gets a lot of end product but he's not all about that end product he's very hard working uh, it's strange because on the other side obviously there's another guy uh, that's ripping it up at the moment and he gets most of the, the plaudits and and rightly so to be fair but Mane is super player yeah he um his speed but uh, what I like about him is his balance to um because you see him like get knocked off the ball like someone people He's he's quite strong for his size. Um, I actually don't know how tall he is, but he doesn't look majorly tall. But for his size, he's quite strong. Um, and his balance to stay up a lot of the time. You see a lot of his goals at him staying up and then slotting the ball home whilst he's falling and stuff like that. He, he, he's that good. And he scores some wonderful goals. And I think it was the... I might be wrong. So you can correct me because you'll probably know. Is it 2019 season? He got the golden boot. I think he got it alongside... Yeah, him... Him and Bamiang Salah share Yeah, and to be up there with those those names. All African players. Yeah, so I mean, so there was, I think, from 2015, when did Leicester win the league? Just before then. 15, 16, they won just, it. Yeah, so just before then, I think there was a surgeons of African players just coming through, and it was it was good to see, because look at, look at what we've got now, just some pure talent, and you'll see going forward in this list that a lot of them are recent recent players and just taking taking the Premier League to another level um, so yeah Mane I think is a class player and Liverpool are very lucky to have a player like him um, number four is a base on my man Michael Wessian uh, this is someone that's stronger for his side yeah he was a beast but not only that he was a clever player in terms of his positioning on the pitch he knew exactly where to be to intercept a ball in terms of defending he knew went to time attack all right so he wouldn't be like a a Makaleli or a Kante or a I don't know he, he wouldn't be any like anyone like that you know he played, he played in the centre defensive well, it's, I don't know if you can call him centre defensive because he was he also could get forward as well yeah I think he was the perfect player for that 
Chelsea, well, either one. He played a little bit with McAlaney, didn't he? Yeah. And then I suppose Mikel came in after that. And either one, you've got either Mikel or McAlaney sitting there. Lampard forward, still box the box, but kind of more forward. And then Essien box the box as well. So, yeah, really good. There was so much hype when he joined. I couldn't possibly believe that he could live up to it. Uh, and he did. Where did he come from? Was it Leon or? Leon. And that yeah. was the Leon that they won Liga about five or six times in a row. And he just got the best player. He was sort of known to be the best player in the league. Honestly, when we got him, because I remember it coming up on Sky Sports, I, I might, 25 million, I believe. Um, which back, that, yeah. back then was quite quite a lot. Um, and yeah, when he came, I, we, it was big. It seemed like a big player. It seemed like someone that, you know, was going to change things. Um, I never heard of him before. That's the thing. So when he did come, there was, like you said, there was a lot of hype around him. But... I thought I would have known who this guy is if, if he was that good. Comes in a team and he just shows you what he is. But the fact the fact of the matter is, is he's the most one of the most versatile players I think I've seen at Chelsea. Because um, like I just said, you can't really nail him down as a centre defensive mid, but he, he can play that as a position and he did. He was kind of like a centre mid midfielder in the sense that he can link up play and it would take shots. Like that era, Chelsea used to bang in goals from outside the box all the time. I just want to mention that goal against Arsenal, which was absolutely beautiful, cold in. Um, but that's an example of the kind of shots he'll be taking. So he'll be like Lampard. He'll be pl- taking shots outside the box. So he'll be playing that cent- centre midfield role perfectly, playing passes to the wingers. But he's also box to box, which is even crazier. Like he had energy amongst energy, and that's I suppose that's why they called him a Bison as well because he was just that bloody. I don't know. He was just everywhere. And I remember him. I remember. I think for a good six months or so, he's fielding at right back. Mm. And I'm. I, I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure he did the exact same at Real Madrid. Yeah, because think... Jose got him, didn't he? On on a line. Yeah, he he done. He can do a job anywhere. He was he was very very good player. Um, and I, I'd say like, if we were doing Chelsea's all time eleven, I wouldn't have him on the pitch because we've had better players. But I'd have him on the bench. He'd be ready to wow. come a good forty five minutes. He's one. He, he's a quality player. Um, but that's me saying I'm going to have two centers. Because he's so versatile, you know, he wouldn't be taking over McAlealy in that, in that sub bench, but he may he may come on as a centre centre mid uh, to replace someone. But yeah, I think he's, 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 he's someone, he's a player that I think the Premier League lacks. The only person I can compare him to, and a very budget version, right, in terms of versatility, is Henderson. And it's a very budget version. But how you know how Henderson, like, he's a leader and he can play centre mid. He can also do like he's. I think he's done a job at the back sometimes. Yeah, he did last. So he was like that for Chelsea, just Mister Reliable. Um, yeah, absolute legend, Chelsea, Mister Essien. Right up, right up, righty-o. Top three. You didn't want to make an end. We can end that chant now and do the second part. So. Go on then. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Pretty sure it was yeah. <laughs> is that how it goes? Well, something like this. I don't know. Is that how it goes? Make sure you get him a birthday cake. Yes, of course. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. Talking about players at um, versatile, I'm pretty sure he had a stint at centre back as well. Oh, he started his he started his career there. He played in the um, Champions League final. Remember when Messi scored that header? Against United, Wembley, yeah. Bus- Busquets was already in the team by then. So he was a centre back That's in mad. that, and he he's, he sort of played a fair bit of centre back, which is mad because when he came to City, he was like this. I know he's a box to box, but he was quite forward. You know, he, he used to score a lot of goals, and he's so good on the ball for someone so not only tall but wide as well. He's an absolute unit, but it's not really fair to describe him as like a beast or whatever <laughs> because of how skillful he was. He was he was 
it was a bit Zidanish, which sounds mental. But again, he's another player that can take on a half turn and create something. That jack and carry that ball forty yards down the pitch. There's that. Didn't he run through a team once? I can't remember what game it was. Was it West Ham? There was a goal, I think, towards the end of his time at City, and he basically, he basically ran through a team from the halfway line. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I know why you might be thinking West Ham. I don't know who it was. I don't know who that goal was against, but he uh, or Mark Noble tried to step to him, and he just basically lifted him. I think he lifted him off the pitch. What a tip, Mark Noble. Um, yeah, I, yeah, he was a quality player. He, um, but another one of those players that weren't afraid. He had a, he had a good free kick on him. Mm, yeah, um, he weren't afraid to have a shot outside the box. Yeah, I, I saw him score bang up against us outside the box with his left foot. You could so casual as well the way he did it. Yeah, it was, and that's I think that's what deceived a lot of players because he was just so he looked so nonchalant about everything, but he wasn't. He knew how to play the game properly, and um, yeah. No, I was just about to say, you knew, you could have had him, couldn't you, Arsenal? Yeah, we, we played him up front in the trial game. Didn't really like what we saw. Didn't too fit. Well. Not, not a striker at the day. <laughs> it's mad. We, we could have still got him. We were linked with him when he was at Monaco, because obviously Colo was here at the time, and that, that would have been a great time to get him, actually. Gilberto was just going out the door. Vieira would have kind of moved, moved to a different system and, and put him in there, but no, no. we didn't. That would have been the perfect replacement, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This one here, until recently, was my number one. Same for me, yeah. Um, And it's hard to put him second. And for me, he's still the king of the bridge. Mr. Didier Drogba. Now, it started off slow for him, didn't he? You think it was a £15 million move from Marseille. Uh, Was it 2005 or 2004? Around that time, Jose bought him. And there's always that quote going around that Roman Abramovich offered to buy Ronaldinho and he said, no, give me to the edge bar. <laughs> Something like that, which I would, knowing Jose, I think that's absolute bollocks. Um, but Drogba came in and the first season didn't really hit it off, did he? He, um, he scored some goals, but it wasn't really doing much. And I think the turning point where he scored a goal against Crystal Palace, it was a header. Remember, he's in a black and grey, uh, black, yeah, black and silver uh, Chelsea kit, away kit. And he scored um, against Palace. And at that point, he just turned into a different type of player. Now, anyone who's not seen Drogba, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Go and YouTube him. One of the best strikers in the Premier League history. And some people may say he's one of the best strikers in the world at that time. Yeah, although I don't know if YouTube would do him justice because he weren't really a highlight real kind of guy. Like, he nor was he a stats of... guy. That's the problem. He, he, he scored loads, but nor was he really a stats guy. People it's a myth, play. though. It's a myth that he's got a bad goal scoring. Yeah, no, yeah. He, I'm not saying he's terrible. He's got a better record than like people like Andy Cole, Michael Owen, and yet he gets called and not a goal scorer. Because they're he's, comparing he's to... one of the few players that's won two gold. I'm sure we've had this conversation uh, when we did our top ten. But yeah, he's one of the few players that's won multiple golden boots as well. So yeah. how can he not be a goal scorer? I don't don't get it. I think it's because people are comparing him to the likes of Omri and whatnot. And yeah. the fact getting compared to Omri is in is in itself evidence that he is he is an absolute player. Um for me, if you're asking who I'd rather have in a team, Omri and Drogba, uh, not who's a better player, who'd rather have a team, I'd rather have Drogba. Because Drogba not only is a leader and a proper leader, if you're going into a cup final, this guy will guarantee you a goal. He used to fucking love playing against Arsenal. Jack you yeah. hated the guy like when he played against you. But he just he just knew how to, how to turn up on big occasions. 
And you know, like Kane has this bad rep for just not turning up. And that's what's going to be his downfall, you know, obviously the trophies and whatnot. But not turning up in big occasions is another thing. Like for England, when we need him the most, didn't do nothing. Drogba would, I can almost guarantee Drogba would have turned up. He he done it in every FA Cup final, in every major uh, game that we had. I mean, Champions League final was a big one when he had to slot that home against Bayern. When he scored the last, last I think it was is it 88th minute goal against Bayern, started, did that. I mean, the guy had so many big moments for Chelsea. I can't, I can't list them all. It, it's just, he was just brilliant. And I think the main thing that I remember from from him, just his playing style, was the, his ability to take the ball down on his chest and still hold off a player, and then turn a player and then hit a worldy top bins. I don't know many players nowadays that can do that. It's all your ball has to be played to your feet. They need a lot, a lot of space to get the ball into the back of the net. But for instance, he wouldn't have a Werner moment. He wouldn't be doing any of that shit. He wouldn't be missing opportunities. And when he had that spell of not scoring goals for Chelsea when he first started, it wasn't because he was missing them. It's because he weren't getting in positions. He weren't getting the service because of the way we were playing. Where when we started gelling together as a team, once he got that service, he was able to produce goals out of nothing because he was getting the ball at the right times. And he used to put be in the right position at the right time. Header, volley... Long shots, tappings, chips, every type of goal, every every style of play you can think of, he, he had it. And it annoys me that he's not number one, but I, I think it's, uh, it's it's undeniable now who number one is. But I don't know if you've got any more on Drogba. Yeah, I mean, Drogba's the only open player I've actually like, clapped, I think. Really? Just to say, yeah. Uh, I think it's when you won the league under Ancelotti. Yeah. Did I clap him? I probably didn't. But I probably was thinking about it. <laughs> that, or if I didn't, that was the closest I've come to clapping an open player. That's, okay, it's maybe not the best performance I've ever seen from an opposition player, but it's certainly the best performance I've ever seen from an opposition striker in, in a game. And obviously he did it for years against us. And I've seen many a game live versus Chelsea at the Emirates where yeah, he's, he's just dominated it, really. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've seen it many times firsthand. So, I just, I'm not a fan really of this Twitter trend now of saying Jogba's doesn't score goals or whatever. I think there's one season where he got about five goals, so they go towards that. Yeah, but he's all kids. But the that. season after, he got about 30, so. Yeah, listen, yeah, the, the problem with Twitter and social media nowadays, they're only going to pull out the negative stuff and just to enhance their point. And then when you call them up and they're bullshit, you either get ratioed, whatever that fucking means, or. Just take the old or whatever the fucking just it's just a lot of bollocks. They just yeah, it's sad. It's sad. Act. Oh, I did think of one other thing about Drogba. Go on. Quickest guy ever to recover from malaria. Sure. Remember? Yes. Didn't Abamiam? Didn't he? Like yeah, but there was a. I think Sky Sports released it. They said something along the lines of he's been diagnosed with malaria, and then Would about you... half an hour later to an hour later, Ancelotti was like, "He's in the yeah, team. He's recovered now." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, he was special, and that's um, you know, it's obviously in his blood. You know, he's he, he wins finals, he he beats malaria. That's what he does. Um, I got one fact, but it's a kind of selfish, kind of like brag kind of fact. But um, we used to play football with a guy who was about fifty years too old for us. But um, he did painting, so I must have been about I don't know, twelve or something, thirteen, and he 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 did painting, decorating, and he painted Didier Drogba's house, and he got the shirt signed for me. While he was there, so I've got a signed shirt from Video Dropper, which is very good. Um, yeah, so on to the number one. I think it's clear who we're going to go for. 
if you don't know by now. Chelsea theme again on this one. Yep, Chelsea produced him. We're going to have any of this. Uh, was it Genk? Basil. <laughs> Basil stuff. Basil, yeah. Yeah, it's a garnish. Chelsea produced him. Mr. Mohamed Salah. Now, yeah. like we said, he for me, he would have been second, uh, but... There's no denying now. I think this season, the start of this season, which is a 2021 season, um, and I suppose the tail end of last season, which would have, would have been the 2020 season, 2021, he absolutely destroys teams. Now, I I used to rate Eden Hazard, and I still fucking rate Eden Hazard. He used to run through players left, right and centre. But I'm now coming to the point now, I'm thinking, and I, it pains me to say this, but I think Mohamed Salah has now taken it to that next level. Just because of the pure amount of goals he scored, the pure amount of dragging Liverpool out of not losing positions, but positions where they're not going to, don't look like going to win the game. And as soon as he turns up and has a little magic moment, the pendulum swings because of him. He isn't, he's a threat to every single club in the Premier League and probably in the world at the moment. If one of Liverpool players plays a ball to him, you can't just have one player on him. You probably have to have one or two, three. I mean, of recent times, he scored a goal. I can't remember who it was against. He had about four players around him, dragged it back and put it in the top right-hand corner within the box. Um, that's four players out of the game just around on him. What I'm saying is he doesn't necessarily have to score the goal, but he attracts so many defenders to him that it leaves Mane wide open for him to play a pass to. And that's that's the kind of calibre we're talking about here. He, he is, at the moment, he's on Messi level, I'd say. Would you agree? Well, at the minute, he's better than Messi. He's better than anyone. Yeah. But yeah, over the over this last year, as you would have seen from our last episode, we obviously have rated this twenty twenty one very high. And I mean, if the year had started in August, yeah, he'd be running away with it. To be honest, he's got everything. I think there was a little bit of a question of is he all pace and let's be honest, he's strong as well. Like he, for me, he's a lot stronger than Mane. Yeah, I don't know because he just looks so effortless when he does it. But I don't know. Maybe that's not not true but he's not just about physicality Salah like he's got loads of technique as well as yeah. has been seen by a couple of his goals no recently there's no back yeah. whatsoever so much power yeah, he's just awesome yeah. he's pretty my most feared opposition player at the moment I will say though I think he has got a few goals but he, he doesn't seem to do much against Chelsea I, I mean he scored a couple over the years but in terms of dominating them um, you know like he does with almost every team like run around them doesn't really do that and I think it's because Chelsea quite well equipped to take him out of the game. But like I said, where he where you have to take him out of the game with one or two or three players, it leaves up so much space for the rest of the team. And that goes undervalued, I think, because of how good he is. Um, yeah, I think you'd have to be playing Chilwell, not Alonso in that game. Or... Fucking hell, yeah. yeah. It, it would be a back five, Chilwell and Rudiger would have to be on him. I think the, the moment where I thought Salah may have gone downhill... Um, you know, may have not reached Hazard levels at that point. He's definitely reached it now. and probably surpassed it. But Hazard levels at that point was when Ramos, I think, fell on him. And he, he, he dislocated his shoulder or done something to his shoulder. At that point, yeah. I thought, I don't know how he's going to return from that. Because it, it just felt like a moment where, all right, it's not his fault. But you're not you're not in that final anymore. I don't know. I can't see you getting into a big, a big final again. Um, so how are you going to redeem yourself from that? And then he goes on and wins Premier League and just absolutely dominates the Premier League, doesn't he? And he's almost every year now he's he's up there as a Golden Boot contender. So easily, easily the best African player now. 
in the Premier League. Best African player we've put in the Premier League history. Where would you rank him in terms of Premier League players of all time? Does he get anywhere near? I think he's near top 10. So do I. Honestly, I don't. I mean, it's a tough one. I, I, I don't know exactly where I'd put him without about having a proper think about it, but he's certainly around the sort of 15 at worst, I think. But I think the problem is with Salah is it's no fault of his own. You kind of want him to want him to be around a little bit longer. I yeah. mean, what is he now, 30? Well, he will. I think he will be because, he, yeah, he is, a, he is around 30. But Messi's the way that the players are moving now, like yeah. you're, you're probably not going to fall off necessarily, even if you rely on pace a little bit. Yeah, not even still not necessarily going to pull off till you're like 34. So yeah, I, I think he's got a good three or four years left if he wants it, and that's that's going to be enough then to build a a massive legacy. Suppose what I say about Salah as well. Egypt are the most successful team in African Nations Cup history, but I think he's far and away the best Egyptian player of all time already. But Ahmed Hassan was brilliant and he won tons of, I think he's won more African Cup of Nations than anyone. And he's got one of the most uh, highest international caps of all time. But he doesn't come anywhere near Salah in terms of Egypt's best players, even even if he's still one of the best ever. Yeah, like that, He's just on a whole different stratosphere to anyone before. Um, what I like about Salah is he appears humble. I don't know whether it's true or not. Because I don't know the player, but he, uh, you know, there's all that talk about him and Mane was having arguments and whatnot, and not, don't actually like each other. I, I don't, again, I don't know if that's true, but I think off the pitch, he just seems like a a guy who's who doesn't flash too much. Doesn't he's not one of those players that would do all that stuff. It seems it just seems like he, he goes home to his family and does his stuff, and he's not one of those flashy flashy players. And yeah, I, I really rate him. Um, yeah. I, I agree with that. I think, I don't know, this is a bit of uh, a stereotypical thing or not, but because he didn't come through as in like a, a world beater or he didn't have, he wasn't seen as having tons of potential until I would say 24, 25 years old. That's maybe why he's a bit more grounded. Whereas I'm not naming any names, but a lot of these kids now that come through either from, you know, Premier League academies or yeah. they're getting big moves to. Real Madrid, Barcelona, PSG, people like that at 18, 19. It's, it's going to go to their head a lot. It's going to be hard not to. Yeah, wh- wh- where's the ceiling? I mean, wh- once you make it to the top so young, and what are you aiming for? Like individual accolades after that, aren't you? Really? You're not a, you don't know what it is yeah. to really be a team player, which is a major thing in the team sport. But um, one thing I would end on is Egypt have now, I don't know if you've read this recently, but they're now... There's now a subject that all kids need to learn, and it's Mo Salah. Oh, was that? I saw that. I didn't know if that was a joke or not. Oh, fucking hell. Is that serious, then? Well, I don't know. I don't know, but there was... What I do know is there was an election in Egypt where people were putting Mo Salah's name as a a choice. You know when you get, like, another... You know, you get the Labour, Tories or whatever, local MP or whatnot, and you could put other and put someone else's name, and they put Mo Salah. Everyone just put, like... But he got some... Something stupid, like over 10,000 votes or some shit. It was something, something crazy like that. And people putting Mo Salah in. Wow. He's a massive, ma- massive name, obviously, in Egypt. And whether it's true or not, I kind of, be- I, I, can't, I, c- I could believe it to be true um, that he's a subject now at school. Whether that means studying. Yeah, I mean, he could be the biggest, biggest name in Egypt since, say, Tutankhamun. That's it. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. Um, yeah. I think um, Africa has produced some top top players especially in 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 the prem i mean 
my God, some of those names. And what I like about it, it's not just attackers. We, we bar, bar goalkeeper, we've kind of got every position, attack, midfield, defence, haven't we, in our top well, 10. But there's a goalie uh, certainly building a case as well. Yep. Apparently. He could, exactly that. If, Early if, days, of course, but... Well, yeah, if he carries on in this way, he, he could well be in this list. Mendy, I mean, I could argue at the moment, if he can, if, yeah, he could well be. If that's the case, then you've got a, you've got a quality team already um, in that top 10. But yeah, he, um, yeah, it's just versatile. It's just versatile. There's a lot of different different positions in, in this um, list. And I think Africa's produced some really good players and there seems to be a lot more coming through. And what I hope is players start playing for their nations, their home nations. Because you always hear about like how Zidane, Algerian and um, who else is it? Is it Lukaku? Is he Congolese? Yeah, Congo. Well, I think, to be honest, if two players that have definitely been a shout of this list, uh, Vieira, Senegal, yep. and Desai, who is he? Ghana, I think. Um, and they were they were born. There's even a chant. Vieira's chant refers to Senegal as well. So, yeah, they, they would have been definitely up there. But I think that's definitely a podcast for us to do in the future about like people that didn't play for the place they were born or something like that. You've got to do that 100%. Africa would have had some, well, would have had the best players in the world. If you're talking Sedan, Vieira, Desai, you you have countless matters and names. Um, What a podcast, what a podcast. Thank you, people. Make sure you tune in next time. Make sure you share this podcast. Tell your mate, tell your mother, tell your brother, tell your father, tell your sister, to whoever. But what you've got to make sure you do, Jack. Keep it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cheese, cheese, cheese. No, 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 no.